Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. When you're in a bit of a slump, sometimes an overseas trip is a perfect remedy to break the drought. For the Raw, a summer visit to Wellington was just what they needed to get their first win in six weeks. Welcome to the Damien Murray episode 17 of the Brisbane Football Review here in the Switch 1197 studios for the Outside 90 Fan Network. It's James Scott and Adam here with you today. We're feeling much better this week, aren't we guys? Summer in Wellington, James, you, you sure? Well, Didn't obviously... look that summery over there. Well, I, don't, I think I only saw people with two or three layers on instead of about eight. <laughs> I didn't know there was such a thing as uh, summer in New Zealand, but... Here we are. Actually, a friend of mine, he's from New Zealand. He went back to uh, Wellington over the Christmas break, said, oh, I was going to go see the Phoenix game. Then it was stupidly low degrees for summer and decided to stay at home instead. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we're going to talk about a few things going on with Australian football right now, but specifically the Raw. So let's get into segment one with the A-League review. Let's go. A Raw side desperate for a win took on the Wellington Phoenix for the first time this season as the hosts were trying to stay in the top six. A scoreless first half was not without incident as the Raw tried to press for an early goal. Jack Hingett came closest to, stri- to striking the post, but it was Jamie McLaren who came, in on, came on in the second half to score the game's lone goal. It's been a long, hot day today, so forgive me if I'm stuffing up some of my lines. <laughs> Scott, what'd you make of it? He did strike the, the post, actually, Jack Hingett. Yes, he did. Yes. No, it was a good game. I mean, we've, we've seen the Raw struggle the last few weeks. They went over there. I, I, I can't remember if it was Mark Rudin or Mark Bond who said this, but... They played with conviction with the way they were playing, and I thought they played pretty well. They were kind of unlucky not to score in this game until the last five minutes, so I thought the win was thoroughly deserved. I think it's, uh, it was a, actually a close contest between two sides. I think of sort of, you know, thereabouts in the middle of the pack. Um, look, I think at the end of the day, you could say that, you know, maybe a point each, if you're look, looking objectively, may have been a fair result. But so like I said, you've got to take your chances, and the one chance we took, we got, we took. I can't think of too many chances Wellington had, that's the thing. No, when I look, think back on the game, I can't recall too many. It feels like it was more so the Raw's game to win. Like, if Wellington took a point out of it, they would have been quite happy. But I, I think also the fact they had two games already that week, they might have been a bit fatigued. Because yeah. I know that people say that, that you should be used to that as professional footballs, but in Australia, we're not used to that. It's not real. Yeah, it's not really a thing to deal with. So, the Raw decided to go at the same starting 11 as last week, I believe. So They did. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just drawing a mental blank right now. Yes, they did. Yeah, so Manuel Arana played up top, Jamie McLaren on the bench. It wasn't the same 11, though, because Thomas Broich was rested. Or well, same match day 15. Not the same match day 15. Broich was off the bench and D'Agostino was on the bench, but yeah. Yeah. Same so 11, James. Were you happy with the same 11, Adam? Um, look, I think in, in hindsight, you'd say it worked. Um, like I said, if it was a different result, I think you know, there'd be a lot more people sort of calling it out for what it is. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, you can't really complain. We got three points, so... I guess, you know, in one respect, you can say we got lucky. But, uh, but yeah, look, it's, uh, I, I question Manuel Rana's you know, involvement up, up in the number nine spot. I, just, I really think it's a missed opportunity to give you know, Nicolas D'Agostino you know, a, you know, some, some minutes, some meaningful minutes in the league. So, 
Look, we go away with three points. Where we get away next time, it's, yeah, we'll wait and see. And D'Agostino didn't actually get any time on the pitch either. But it's funny you mentioned luck. And I've always got this theory that the good teams have, you know, at least 50% of their success is down to luck, whether it's getting the right bounce in off the post or just a player being in the right position at the right time. Is luck really something that you should be talking down about? Well, you, do, you always need luck. But on the starting line, we'll get to McLaren shortly. But with Arana, I'd, I think it's more he offers more in the link-up of the play. But... Just in the final third, he's just—it's not there for me. I don't see it with that selection. I don't understand why you would put a put him there for that reason. I think surely we can find a number number nine who can play as linking up. But maybe it might have to be Brett Holm in future weeks as well. Potentially, oh, we saw how that went against Sydney FC back in November, though. Yeah, I think it might—he can kind of link up the play and also offer a bit more than Arana can. But to your point, you you do need luck. But I suppose talking about Arana and his link-up play. The problem is he was dropping so deep. When they did try yeah. to press forward, he wasn't there when that's they the needed him to be. Yep. And that's what I remember about Bessart Barisha. Like, as good a striker as he was, when he was pressing, you could tell he was still you know, dropping back way into the Raw's own half and not always able to cover the ground and get back up there because he was sprinting so I much know, that's something that annoyed yeah. our fans. And even, even you see now, the victory fans sometimes are sort of you know, getting on, onto his back a little bit and saying, you know, why is Bessart Barisha, you know, who's supposed to be number nine and should be on the last defender's shoulder at all times, why is he dropping back? And look, he goes back because he's been very industrious. And, you know, he wants to you know, create, but also, that's not his job. And that's, um, no, no, it's something that definitely uh, that the victory supports at the moment, sort of starting to say now. It's a good point to bring up Bessart Bruce as well, because with the Raw, they've got two striking options. Arana, who likes to drop in, and McLaren, who's lethal in front of goal, but they don't do the opposite. With Barisha, he gave you the best of both of us, because he would be full of energy dropping back, putting pressure on defensively, and he was always in the box scoring goals as well. So that's kind of the conundrum battle which he's kind of dealing with at the moment, is which way do you go? Why not play both? <laughs> now, one player that wasn't there, we mentioned it already, Thomas Broich. He was rested for this game. Are you happy with that? Uh it worked, so you, you, in hindsight, yes, but I think it's probably pre-programmed as well. I mean, you factor in the, the Raw, we've got five games in 14 days coming up. Thomas Boyd is going to be integral in most of those games. You do need to give him a rest at some point. And we were talking about when the news came out that Broich didn't make the trip. It was this something that was decided on back in August or September? Kind of like, um, I remember Alistair Lynch, the Brisbane Lions AFL side, he never made the flight to Perth right, because yeah. it was just too much for him. So I wonder if at age 30-something, Broich, 35, there you go, Broich can't actually might not want to do all that flying, especially if he's going to China next week. I think, yeah, I've I, I got to think it's got to be premeditated. It wasn't a case of, oh, it's dropping for form or anything like that. It simply was a case of, you know, what, why, like, we've got, we've got, you know, a plethora of wingers in the squad. You know, why risk one of our best, you know, just on a, even though it's only three hours to New Zealand, it's a, such a different trip, you know. And, and like I said, I think, I think in the end, they win lose draw. I think that was probably the right call, especially with the stack schedule we have coming up. Yeah, and it's stacked, but it's not just any old games. It's important games like Sydney FC, the Wanderers, Melbourne City, and that's just the A-League games. These are important for finishing position in the A-League. Well, coming up in the next, well, next week from Saturday to Friday the 3rd, the Raw have three big home games, which yep. will probably play a, a massive role in determining how the rest of the season goes. And you've got the Melbourne City game afterwards as well. So if we are going to potentially press on and potentially push for third place in the league, you've got to win that game as well. Look, I actually think that you know, the next three weeks and the next three A-League games, you know, it, it could be the difference between us finishing third or even potentially missing the finals. I think this stretch is so important. To have Champions League in amongst that, it re- some really big and gutsy calls are going to be made whether, you know, basically, is the league more important than the Champions League? Or, because that, that's what it comes down to. We really cannot be dropping points against those opponents you know, in the next couple of weeks, but... And the time to not to rehash on old stuff, but I remember, was it two years ago where 
was it Franz Tyson had to make those big calls and he essentially said, all right, probably going to squeak into the finals in sixth place. Don't worry about that. Let's just go and yeah. try and advance in the Champions League. Yeah, which... He basically punted the league, didn't he? And they got lucky in the sense that the, the glory got busted for their salary cap yeah. situation. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, truth be told, you know, if it was on actual wins and, wins and losses, you know, we actually finished seventh that year. So. And that was the right decision as well because when he took over in December or November, it was, the league was basically gone anyway. That's true. All right, so back to the actual game. The Raw, I, we all said this was probably their most confident performance that we've seen in a little while. Were you happy with how many chances they created? I would have liked a couple more perhaps, but I thought that we, create, we were in position to create a lot more. I thought Brandon Brello had a good game as well, culminating with his assist for the winner. I think, yeah, I think we... Just like the cutting edge, but it's not something that's just Brisbane. I think, it's, I think there's a bit of that across the league where... You know, a lot of tax, you know, it looks great, you know, going forward. But in that final third, a lot of teams are guilty of. So just lacking that cutting edge as far as creation in the final, in the final third. And, uh, like, I think Raw is not immune to that. And the player that did actually take the chance was, of course, Jamie McLaren. It was, I would say, all, all things considered, a fairly easy finish, but one that you would expect him to make. And so. he was good when he came off the bench as well. He was energetic, making a lot of runs in behind. I mean, that was the difference as well. Arana never made those runs in behind. When McLaren came on, he did. And I thought he offered a lot off the bench and kind of proved a point that he is the Raw's best number nine. You should be starting again this weekend. Well, that just took the next question out of my mouth. Adam, would well, you Adam have... can answer it then. Yeah, would you have Jamie McLaren starting this Friday, uh, Saturday night? Um, yeah, if it's if it's all if it's all based on you know, play performance, all that as was reported in the in sort of you know the club is saying, then absolutely yes. But you know we'll know we'll know if there's something more to this than than just our oh, performance and all that. If you know if he doesn't, I think I think it'll be a big telling telling tale about what was actually the situation with McLaren. I agree. We'll if he's not later. signed this weekend, there's something more to it than form. Mm. All. You actually want? Uh, was it after the game where Bosnich was saying that McLaren was it Bosnich or I don't want to blame no, the wrong person. All of them had this running yeah. theme because Mark Bosnich was saying it, the um, Mark Rudin was saying it next to him, Adam Peacock mentioned it, the commentator Jason Pine, the commentator yeah. mentioned it. There's some sort of off-field reason potentially that they keep kept speculating on the whole time. I don't know what it's accurate or not, but they kept speculating about it all afternoon. It was. Mm. Kind of frustrating by the end of it to keep hearing it over and over again. Actually, speaking of the Kiwi commentators, I've been saying for years, every A-League team needs their own local radio broadcast, and those guys did a great job of examining exactly what it would be like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) No bias whatsoever. But look, New Zealand guys calling a New Zealand game, I thought it was actually quite enjoyable if I was a Phoenix fan. We always know it's Phoenix TV over there, Mm. though. Yeah. Well, the accents are a bit of a giveaway. (laughs) All right. So what about the Knicks' performance? Were you surprised with how they came out? No, not really. Look, I think you know, I think they've surprised. I think that if they were asked before that run of games, if they if they can take six of nine, given their situation, I think they would have taken it. I just don't think I don't think they would have bargained on beating beating Melbourne victory midweek. So by think, so much. Yeah, yeah like I said, that was, was impressive. I I think they are starting to roll sort of, you know, get that stage where we think they're at. I don't I don't know if they're contenders just yet, but you know, that that attack is still, you know, is very, very good. And if they they could really you know, shapes some, some of their opponents sort of runs to the final. I think. And at least on paper, they do have some good players. Yeah, they do. They've improved a lot as well over the last two months or so since the managerial change. They seem to be a lot more competitive in matches. They're picking up more points and they've gone from being towards the bottom of the table to being where we all thought they would be, challenging mm. for that fifth, sixth sort of spot with about four or five teams now. So they're in the, we're well in the race and then you get in, you never know what's going to happen. That's it. All right, so that's going to do it for segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this to discuss the new uh, the competitions recap, A-League, W-League, and Youth League. This is the Brisbane Football Review. 
You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back to segment two of the Brisbane Football Review here in the Switch 1197 studios for the Outside 90 Fan Network. We're going to go with competition's recap right now and start with the results from around the A-League. Melbourne City beat Central Coast Mariners 2-1, but the game was marked by a red card for Roy O'Donovan. Another one. Yeah, I was actually... Well, he didn't headbutt anyone this time. He uh, tr- stuck his hand or elbow or something in yes. the face of a City player and he was shown a straight the new, red. The new flavour of the month foul where he make contact with the opponent's face. Yeah, but that was actually much worse than what I thought Barisha got sent off for because he actually swung his arm back. He might have just been jockeying for position, but that's still... The height that it was at, I was incredibly sceptical of just because, you know, if you're going to jockey, go for the chest area. Yeah, look, at the, at the risk of uh, repeating my rant last week about that, so it's another... It. You do that, I'm going to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just, it's another, it's another one of these ones where, you know... You ain't going to be in trouble when you're sort of flailing your, your arm out like that. But uh, it's another one of these decisions where the assistant referee may have overreacted you know, and whatnot, and the referee's taken his advice and, you know, and shown the straight red card. But interestingly enough, the, um, the MRP didn't actually find find two grounds to um, overturn it. So that's... Well, again, I think that's because yeah. there was actually a lot more yeah, force Yeah, I think that's... that's um, so I guess you say that you know, if, if the MRP's backing the referee's ritual judgment, you've got to say, well... No, it's a good call, but I think I think it's a big issue with the interpretation. I think it's now it's now getting a bit beyond the joke on on some of these things where I think people are starting to see you know, it's lacking common sense. See, I thought they got that one right. Yeah, I thought it was a, he contacted the face. I thought it was a, yeah, it was a foul, and that if that's the rule of what a, uh, when you hit someone in the face is, and it's a foul. The the intent part is I think the questionable part about and looking. That's like I said, well, well last week you know saying the exact same thing about the Britisher incident. You now now I guess not much changes from that, but it's. Uh, it's one of those the British ones. one was harsh. I thought that was Yeah, wrong. oh, we're all in agreement with that. But, um, yeah. This one was it, right to me. I thought he got it right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, at the end of the day, the MRP's backed him. I think that's the main thing. Yep, that's it. How is City progressing overall, Scott? I think they're kind of stagnating at the moment. Because since the FFA Cup, where they were flying up until that point, since then they've kind of dropped off a bit. I, I think they're not in as much trouble as like some other teams are in the league, but I, then I don't think they're going to get finished top two, which I think for them is probably a disappointment because they were looking... For to get top two, well, they obviously think they—they they, obviously think that they're going all right because they've—they've um, signed um, Michael Valcanis yeah. as their permanent coach for the time being. So until the end of the season, yes. Yeah, so, you know, obviously there's that that bit of confidence. But look, I, I think if, as far as their progression going, they're, they're picking up points, which is what you want to be doing. But as far as you know, form lines go, they want to be showing a little bit more than just you know scraping by Central Coast. I think you know we know we all know Central Coast is sort of a level down. So. But they want to start they also scrape past. Was it Adelaide two weeks ago when they got the 10 men? No, it was the Wanderers against 10 men mm. as well. So they're not convincing at home, which is... But also with the way the A-League's designed, though, they don't really have to be peaking right now. As long as, you know, you get to April, they're in a position to make a run. Yeah. O- obviously, history says it's 
fairly important to finish in the top two because I think no grand final winner right, under yeah. the current system has come from outside the top two. I think two teams have ever made it from outside the top two. Yeah. There we go. And that's under the old systems yeah. as well. So top two is important for City, but you also think with the amount of talent that they've bought, and I emphasise bought, <laughs> they've, you know, they should have a side that if you get to, what, mid-April or whatever, and they say, all right, now we're going to turn it on, they're probably a team that could actually upset the front-running Sydney FC. I think, I think at the end of the day, I think a case of that they don't have Champions League night, you say, you know what, as long as they're picking up points, you know, they can make that run in April. Like, it'd be a different story. It's too if late by then, though, potentially. Yeah, but again, if they're, if they're, as I said, they're, they're picking up points, you know, where you know, they're, not, they're not, not smashing teams 4-0, like they're, they're probably capable of. But I, they are, but it's, it's yeah. I know it shows up their luck hmm. in terms of they'll have a derby semi-final at home, but you don't want to be playing victory and then Sydney. You'd rather only have to play one of them potentially, but yeah, that's just me. Hmm. All right, so moving on to Sydney, speaking of them, 2-0 over Adelaide United. I have to admit, I kind of thought Sydney would dispatch Adelaide, but maybe not in this manner. At what point can Adelaide be declared out of finals contention? I actually said for that about three weeks ago. Yeah, but I think it's just about, I, I think it's done. Well, Go when on. you're talking about yeah. mathematical stuff before yeah. the new year, then you probably realise the season yeah. might be over. No, gone. They're, they're gone. Like I said, we said weeks ago, get the broom, start thinking about Champions League, start thinking about new, next season. All right. Sit, uh, Ryan Grant was sent off for Sydney FC, or as I call him, Ryan Grant. He's got that extra H in his name. Scott? I don't think he was sent off, was he? No. That's no, what, no, he should have been sent off. He should have, yeah. He should have been. <laughs> I didn't watch this game, so I, I was counting on I didn't watch the game I was counting on your notes. All I did was Where's see the, the highlights. <laughs> It disappeared. But all I did was see the um, the highlights just come. So I was watching something off as well. But to me, that was a two foot oh, studs up challenge on the sideline. That's a red card every day of the week. Mm-hmm. So do you I think he is suspended for the next game. That's yeah. purely because That's of yellow right. cards. That's right. Now I remember that. All right. So Sydney FC, they've got the big blue, big blue on Australia Day. Do you reckon they're in any sort of danger? I, I was calling. I was calling weeks ago that you know this is this is the, where this streak ends. I thought Melbourne victory were were the ones that are going to finally knock them over. But, you know, I'm not so sure now. I think victory's form is sort of, you know, it's erred a little bit. You know, two, two losses straight, you know, since. And, and yeah, it's just since they, beat, since they beat us. And even though, yeah, it's over, over to Wellington, across to Perth, I just, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like I said, it is, it is a big game. It is the biggest game of the season. And as I've, I've said on a number of occasions, Sydney win this game. You know what? Send, send Premier's play team Graves because it's Sydney's. Well, we can get into the victories discussion in a moment, but I used to think the loss they had is good for them yep. because they've, they'll be extra motivated now to prove a point that they are on Sydney FC's level and they're at home. And I, think, I think they still might win anyway. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Speaking of Melbourne victory, they went down 2-1 to Perth, but Liam Reddy, another penalty save. What's gotten into this guy at his age? Is he the best penalty saver in the A-League? No, Theo, he did it in the grand final twice. Uh, <laughs> possibly. Well, but that was a long time ago, though. I mean, Reddy's got three... In the last month, basically, it's been absolutely unbelievable. And I think I actually heard Jamie Young would have saved it and deflected it into the goal at the opposite end for a score as well. So I'm sure he would have. That's just what he's... What he's yeah, that's what he learned in England all those years. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right, Western Sydney 2-0 over the Newcastle Jets. Lachlan Scott opened his goal-scoring account. St- sign of things to come. It's also second great to Perth on the win. Oh, yeah. Just rushing yeah. past. But yeah, the wonder is that Lachlan Scott... We've got to keep first... a schedule here. No, Lachlan Scott, did, he scored his first goal. Congratulations to him. It was... Wanderers were pretty good in this All game. three goals at Campbelltown as well, so he seems to have an affinity with that ground. And it was a well-taken strike as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, the Wanderers did enough to win, so that's... And one little raw note, Harrison Sawyer made his debut for Newcastle off the bench, so... Yeah, so this is an interesting story, because about three, two weeks ago, he popped up on their National Youth League team, and I 
was surprised. What's this going? What's he going on? They got a quick reply from Newcastle Jets, actually. So thank you to their, twi their social media people for saying he's been down there for about a month trialling, and they signed him two weeks ago to the youth league team. He's got a hat-trick against Sydney FC. So they brought him into the A-League squad. He came on about 15 minutes in the game at the weekend. Honestly, why couldn't so he So congratulations score? to him for <laughs> breaking into an A-League squad at such a young well, age. He was obviously not going to do it here in Brisbane. That's well, that's and true. Yeah, look, that's, that's another rant for our time, and I think we'll touch on it shortly. Maybe but, uh, in a little bit. Maybe, but yeah, but look, look, you know, I like I said, we, we've seen him play, you know, in youth. You know, he, he scored well, six goals or something, you know, against Adelaide that, against Adelaide. So look, he, he's a, he is a player of tremendous um, potential, and look, well, I guess you know, we wish him all the best, you know, down in Newcastle. I hope you know he goes well. Absolute handful as well, mm. given the size of him. Well, there we go. But I suppose considering his position in the Brisbane pecking order behind D'Agostino and Katavi, and maybe yeah. he wasn't yeah. really. Yeah, I mean, he moved on to get an opportunity, yeah. and he got it. So. He, and, then, and no one, no one, their right mind would begrudge him for that. You know, you've got to take your opportunities, and you know, if it means that his career continues at Newcastle and beyond that, then you know, good, good luck to him. I might just uh, cut and paste that quote into segment three when we get to it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go on to the W League now. So the goal season has come to an end with a three-one away defeat to Melbourne City for a second straight year. That's a defeat to Melbourne City, not a three-one yeah. defeat. Uh, Katrina Gorry's fourth goal of the season was cancelled out by Mariana Tabane's early strike and Rebecca Stott. Uh, scored a brace as Brisbane season came to an end. So, overall, yep. was the season a success? No. No? No, not with the squad they had. They should have been in the finals to me. Yeah, no. I Look, I, I absolutely think that I agree with Scott. It's, uh, I guess, you know, a few things have gone on, you know, behind the scenes and that, you know, you sort of start questioning, you know, for one, you know, Belinda Wilson being replaced as coach after they went to I went to the, you know, semi-finals last year, you know, what was it worth it? You know, what, what was going on there? And you can't, look, no, no, it's no disrespect to Mel Andriotta. She can't work with what she had. But I think they're, they're, if they're not disappointed with their, their campaign, oh, look, I don't know what's, what's wrong with it. There were some success stories. I mean, young Caitlin Torpy mm. came in, did a good job at the back at times. Georgina Worth made a debut, a full debut at the weekend after coming on as a substitute the weekend before and saving a penalty. So there were some bright spots in there. It's just there wasn't enough result-wise to get... And it kind of feels like they just weren't as, I suppose, compact at the back. They maybe let in a few too many goals because just looking at their goal difference, it turned out to be negative six. And, that, and that's actually what that's actually what sort of cost us because because at the end of the day we were going to that game needing to win by six clear goals, and no matter how badly that Melbourne City were going, it was never going to happen. That, and, that's, and, that's all, and that's also as well. You know, we didn't expect Newcastle Jets, who you know this Friday night got a chance to get into the final by beating Melbourne City. We didn't expect their form, so it's um. Yeah, look, I think, I think, you know, and Scott, you and I have spoken yeah. about it, you know, off air about this, is about, you know, whether the impact of, you know, the imports, uh, whether they've been, been, you know, worthwhile, I guess, you know. I don't know. I don't know if they were, I don't know, because I didn't see enough of their games, unfortunately. I think I only mm. saw four of their games out of the six at home, so it's hard to really fully judge them. But the first game I did see was the Sydney FC game back in October, November, at Spencer Park. It was great. That, that was probably the best I've seen them play all season for a full 90 minutes. The comeback there was fantastic. And then they had the, the big crowd there as well. It was a great atmosphere. I thought that was going to be the start of a great season for the, for the women's side. Just never eventuated, unfortunately. Just like the A-League side beating uh, Ange Postacoglu's Melbourne victory 5-0, it was a little bit of a false dawn, perhaps. Possibly. But for me, I actually think one of the biggest success stories to come out of this year was the fact that there were more people going to the games I felt like yeah well there were good crowds up at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe you have to say that and especially then, considering the travel yeah, they yeah. broke the um, attendance record for, a, for a, a fixture at a W League regular season fixture that wasn't at an A League game double header so that's fantastic and the crowds at the Suncorp had a double headers were great as well 
They actually had a few that, more people getting yeah, there. Yeah, 4,000 there watching them. That's... It, it's more people are embracing the team, which is fantastic. Look, I think if 12, 12 months ago, if you said that you know, every raw home game would be a doubleheader Stone Corp or a standalone, it, that the minimum and would be a thousand people showing yeah. up, I think you'd take that. And I think it's a, it just shows that the women's game actually is getting a little bit of traction. And you know, another one of our bugbears that we were talking about, you know, the, the, the FFA, Fox Sports, ABC, they need to at least release the rights. It is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. That, that we can only see one game a week because they don't want to share the rights. It is, it is our control, and it's, the game's going to suffer because, because you know, it was thank, thank goodness that um, we could actually get radio coverage of, of, the, of the game on Sunday. So, yeah, it's, it's time to have yep. the streaming option. They used to FFA Cup. At the if, they're not, if they're not going to televise it, you know, allow others to stream it because, it, like I said, there's, there's some really, really good games this season that, you know, that we're all seeing in highlights you know, on Monday, Tuesday after, yeah. that you know, we should be seeing live. And, that, and that, that will only help the game grow, because obviously there is some interest. And I say this once again, that uh, you know, if they do decide to bring local commentary in, I'm sure the three of us could handle the Absolutely. Raw W League duties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got our resumes ready. Yep. That's right. All right, so the final table for the W League regular season, Sydney FC were finished it's on... It's not t- the final table, they're still around to play. They're still around to play? Yeah, the Raw have got the to buy. Okay, the life. final table from the Raw's perspective <laughs> then... <laughs> Sydney FC women uh, finish, uh, are Table on top. could change as well, by the way, James. Uh, you can tell it's really not my day today. So right now, Sydney FC women are on top. Canberra United are two points back. And Perth Glory women are also on both on 20 points. So yep, The race now is fourth, basically, between Newcastle and Melbourne City. Yep. To see who's going to finish fourth. But I would say Canberra United actually have a decent shot to wind up on top as well. Yeah, that's true. That's not sold either. A win, and I believe their goal difference is only one difference. So. Yep. Yeah. All right, so going to move on to the National Youth League because they're... That season is finished. Yes, yep. okay, there we go. The coffee I had beforehand yep. is really wearing off right now. <laughs> Better go and get another one in the break. All right, so Brisbane's involvement in the National Youth League season came to an end last week, but there was still plenty to play for this past weekend in the regular season finale. Sydney FC made the trip up to Gosford with a place in the grand final on the line and secured their second straight appearance with a 2-0 win. So, overall, what, was, what were your opinions on this? Uh, look, Sydney FC will be hosting playing the Melbourne City in the grand final this weekend at Central The two Coast most likeable clubs in the A-League. I know, it's great, isn't it? You're going to get victory in there somewhere, but I do think that um, it's good that this game's going to be broadcast as well because it might actually show people just the sort of talent that is in the National Youth League. Yeah. Because there's plenty out there. I think it's on 1 o'clock. On, 1 um, o'clock, Saturday, January 28th yep. at Central Coast Stadium. Yep. So it's not like there's going to be a whole lot else on. There might be some I think cricket, bef- I guess. It's, or- before, it's the game before the Central Coast game, which is the early game on the Saturday, which is before the Raw game. So basically, it's three games back-to-back on the Saturday for people to watch. All right, so we're just going to have a quick run over the Young Raw season recap. Do you think it was overall a success, Adam? Oh, that's a, that's a good one, actually, because I, I think, you know, we are where we are last year. I think, you know, we've seen... The Raw youth setup. it's a very, very intriguing one because obviously there's a lot of turnover. Um, look, I, I think, you know, James Robinson's a coach. Is, I think it was a pass. Yep. Uh, he, he seems to have brought a more attacking sort of you know, style that's more carbon copy to what the uh, senior side goes. So I think that, you know, it's, I think I think we'd like I think where where we'd like to see is you know, some you know some more of the talent sort of progress through. Yeah. You know, to to you, know, you you want you want your youth players you know at least half a dozen to you know eventually go up, you know, and be you know in the senior squad. And, you know, I don't know whether it's attitude from the from the coaching staff or whether it's their ability, but I just don't feel that you know that too many of these these guys in the squad will progress on to be you know senior players in the next sort of, you know, one or two years. Well, there's two ways of looking at it. One is results. When, and when you pick up, what, four points out of 12 at home, it could have been seven, but for the rain interruption, at, that's not good enough to qualify. You play the handy dealt. Yeah, yeah. that's not 
that's not like conference winning form, but that's only a small part of what the National Youth League is about. The biggest thing is player development. And I think a few players showed their hand that they have something to offer. You've got Kai Rolls and Connor O'Toole. They are A-League contracted players. I, this is the first time I've actually seen Joe Clady play a series of games, and I thought he was impressive. D'Agostino and Katibian scored some goals. Panetta showed that he has some creativity. I get to Adam's point, though. I don't know how many of them are going to get a chance. Hmm. This is the point. I mean, they've, they've shown that they have potential. potential, but are they going to get the chance to fulfill that potential in Brisbane? I mean, only one way to find out. All right, so guys, that's going to be it for segment two. We're going to come back with the news and updates from around Australia. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back to segment three of the Brisbane Football Review here in the Switch 1197 studios and a part of the Outside 90 Fan Network. Segment three is going to be all about the news and updates going on from around the A-League. We're going to start off with FFA Cup qualification underway. Feels like last season's competition only just ended. It does, doesn't it? Up and running again. I know. So the long and winding road to the FFA Cup round of 32 gets underway later this month for many of Brisbane's local clubs. Teams from Capital Leagues 2, 3 and 4, in addition to the bottom four Capital League 1 teams, were drawn to enter at this stage. And the remaining Capital League One sides, Brisbane Premier League, they'll enter in the next phase. Brisbane-based NPL Queensland clubs to enter further down the line. So, in short, here's a football Brisbane zone round two draw. So you've got Brighton versus Bethania. I'm not going to read all of this out. Let's just talk about what games might actually be interesting <laughs> to watch. <laughs> James didn't feel like reading them all out. No, I just looked at how long the list was and realised that's probably going to switch off more listeners. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure uh, where we can find the... It's on the wash the uh, washing line. Well, I'll tell you oh, one so game football that I've yeah. sorry, football Brisbane. That's yep. a good plug for the, that side. Yep. yep. And we will be covering a lot of the um, talking about this as well on our mm. show regularly. The um, Brisbane Premier League, NPL, and also the FFA Cup qualifying. Just because the W League and Youth League yep. ended, and we're desperate for content. So the one game <laughs> I'm most interested in is how my local team, Acacia Ridge, go against up the Lakes, which I believe is North Lakes. So it that's is. a nice hour-long trip for them up the coast. So I'm looking forward to how they go because they've been progressing through the league. They've gone from Capital 4, 3, 2. They're now in Capital 1, having gone up three straight years. So I'll be interested to see just how they go. I'm actually looking at uh, Jim Boomba versus Springfield, which I think could be an interesting... Well, Jim Boomba were actually the first team to play last year in FFA Cup, if you remember the feature that the TV put together. Probably. I, I usually know, go I... for a run in the FFA Cup pregame. So. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, so there's some, actually some intrigue. I know for one, for my local team, Pine Rivers, they, they actually take on Narangbar, which actually might be a, no, sort of knowing... Like traditional the, rivals. Yeah, no, knowing sort of you now a few of the, the person, I know a few that are listening on this show, um, that I know a few of them used to be Pine Rivers you know, players and whatnot defected to Narangbar. So that, that could be a fairly interesting little tie. And this, is, and this is what's so great about the, you know, I guess the FA Cup qualifiers, that you, know, you get, these, get these ties you know, together. So. A couple hmm. of other interesting ones, perhaps. Uh, where was it? Um, Newmarket and the Gap, they're pretty close by locally. <laughs> and also, North Brisbane are playing Greycliffe PCYC, and I would absolutely love it 
if North Brisbane beat Reckless PCYC. It's a long story. I'm not going to go into it, but I have a bit of a beef with Reckless PCYC. That's <laughs> my own junior career, but I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and, um, also, and also, any any uh, game at um, Kangaroo Point's always a very, very interesting... That's true. I'm actually trying to work out which one is my local club because, of course, you know, for 20-plus years it was Oxley when I lived in Corinda, but now at Cooper, I think Tarragindi might actually be the closest. This is a great test here of Brisbane geography, this, isn't it? That was my line. <laughs> I know, I stole it from my sleeve, put it on the run, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that from him. Yeah, and I was actually trying to work out, okay, where are all these guys based as well? Because, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. So those games are going to be played on the weekend of February 11 or 12. I think we actually might need to organise a Brisbane football review outing to one of these I games. Think we'll to pick yeah, one. I think so. I'll guarantee it won't well. be the Lakes. No? <laughs> not going up there. No, duly noted. All right, so this quick mention of the Silver Boot preseason competition going on at Lions FC. Yeah, so there's a, I think 16 teams that are playing at Lions FC over the next two weeks. I think it started last week. So it's a mixture of BPL and MPL clubs. It's a preseason competition is what it is, basically. And, yeah, they're getting ready for the new season. It'll be interesting to see who comes through that as the winner because there's a lot of debate as which competition is better. The MPL is rated higher by FFA, but... A lot of people believe BPL is better, so we'll be interested to see who, who wins this competition and who progresses in FFA Cup, because that's probably a better test when they play each other in season. Mm. i got to admit, my one big hope for this coming FFA Cup run is a few, a few more Queensland teams actually go and get decent matchups, because that's one thing I feel like we've really missed out on is... Like you get the local games, but it was what Redlands against Adelaide. That was great. That that mm. was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And then we went and saw Tim Cahill FC play Brisbane Strikers. Oh, I, my fiance and I did. Oh, we, yeah. <laughs> I, I was, was certainly not at that event. No, funnily enough, that was actually our anniversary night. <laughs> oh. Celebrating four years together, we went out for a quick dinner at our regular anniversary spot, and then said, "All right, sweetie, let's go to the football." <laughs> She agreed to it, so it's okay. Yep. And hi to yep. Beck if you're listening. <laughs> she doesn't listen to us. <laughs> so I could have really, I could have really had a lot of fun with that. Anyway, enough about me. Dimi, uh, not Dimi Petrata. Actually, let's get on to the Dimi Petrata okay. story because that came out today, and I think it's actually quite newsworthy. Mm. Yeah, he's gone to the Newcastle Jets. What's yeah, up with that? He signed a three-year deal with the Newcastle Jets, joining his brother Costa from Perth Glory. He's moving over on a one-year deal, so. I, I was so Newcastle a, added to their Petrados quota today? I was actually thinking, you know, Dimi and Costa Petrados, that actually feels like a bit of a sitcom brewing as well. Well, Something. you never know what's going to happen in Newcastle. It could very well become one. And now, Petrado, Dimi Petrados said he yeah. wants to go uh, and be closer to his Sid, Sydney-based family, which actually makes a lot more sense than Barisha moving to Melbourne to be closer to his Albanian-based family. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like that. What, bitter? It's all I know how to do. <laughs> oh, that's true. But, so let's just talk about Fallout with the Raw, like, that's losing someone that... I can't believe I'm... Two years ago, I wouldn't have been saying this, but I just feel like Petrados is a huge loss for the Raw with what he's brought to them in the last couple of years. Oh, I, th- I think he is. I think he is. Now, I think at the moment, I think it's a bigger... It's a bigger sort of picture situation where, you know, I guess, you know, is this just the exodus, the beginning of the exodus now? Because, like I said, you, you thought that, you know, a player of, you know, Dean Petrados, you know, he's, he's, Brisbane, he's been Brisbane Raw for a number of seasons. You know, you think that, you know, obviously uh, we hear that there was a... Uh, off a table by the Raw, but obviously the, the Newcastle offer eclipsed it. And look, I, I, I start the question, well, is this just the beginning? You know, and that's, and that's, that's probably the greater fear. You know, then the day players you know, get replaced and whatnot, but is this a sign of things to come? And, you know, if it is, yeah, that, that's, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we all hope that, you know, the play, our favourite players just stay at a club for a long period of time. But we've got to remember, this is... Still it's, a business. It's, yeah, this is 2006 to 2017 now, actually, and no, it's um yeah this 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 is why the world you know free agency you know and and you know, and transfers so well, not transfers as such but 
and the yeah. logic behind the move, you can't really begrudge him that either. There's other logic as well, but to Adam's point, I mean, it could very well be the start of the exodus because you've got Luke Devere and Jamie McLaren, they're obvious ones. You've got Broich who's out of contract, Theo, North, Arana, there's a whole bunch of them. But, but so, a lot of those guys, yeah. I can't actually see that. Oh, okay, Broich, Theo, and I suppose maybe yeah. even Devere. I could. I can't really see those guys see, going anywhere. I could see Devere going overseas, to be honest. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, the thing is, if you look at the squad now for the Raw, there's four players between 23 and 30. Do you want to have a crack at who they're naming them? 23 and 30. So, well, Petrados would have been one. Yeah, He's so there's the contractor for next year. So take out the three I just mentioned. Oh. Okay, this is going to be an interesting this trivia could, game. This would be a great game. Dun, this, dun, dun, dun. In the comments, have a go and see if you can name them as well. And no cheating on Wikipedia. Oh, well, there goes my... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to right, so it's Corey Brown, Tommy Orr, Jack Hingott, and Daniel Bowles. Mm. They're the four players between 23 and 30 for the Raw. And then you've got Young, Holman, Mackay, and Christensen above that, and a whole bunch of young players as well. So the, the way the constructs... The thing, what you'd want players in their prime is ideal. Yeah. And the Raw are not are losing an important player here in Petralos, who's emerging into his prime at 24. He's coming into his prime as well. So that's important for the Raw. And also... I the other thing is, sorry, yeah. I mean, with the Raw, you've got McCa- um, Holman, who's come in in the off-season. He's taken that number 10 position and made it his own. You've got Mackay and Christensen who established themselves in the midfield as well. Maybe Petras looked at it and said, look, the raw offer was fine, but looking ahead, maybe I might not be a first-choice player here, and in Newcastle I will be. And you talk and about in addition those, to the yeah. other mm. factors he named, which are absolutely appropriate, it's probably a very easy decision for him in truth. And you talk about those players that are entering their prime. He is you know, getting into his mm. mid to late 20s now, yeah. so, and that's where someone in his role will be playing their best football. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, absolutely. That's where you know, he thinks... That, this there's a time you know maybe you know I, um, look I don't know if he in this in conversation as far as Socceroos or any, or sort of any higher honors of that but you know what he, he need, obviously he must feel that you know his time at the Raw has come to a close you know and you know what the the offer offer of money you know of security you know of family you know that's a well thing I I personally don't know where he'll fit in at Newcastle under its, under its current sort of shape and formation but then again you know the the amount of money and resources that you know Martin Lee has at his disposal. Who knows what could happen in Newcastle? I think that's going, to, that's going to be the interesting thing with them is that this side could transform completely. Because you got to remember, this is not this is not really Mark Jones' side. This was um, Scott Miller's side, and they also are determined to be in the Champions League within three years. So they're going to transform this squad however they deem fit to do so. He could actually just be insurance in case Wayne Brown's wife decides to have another baby. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations again to the Brown family. That's a fantastic story. So while we're sticking on uh, transfers, you mentioned Tommy Orr is one of those mid-20s, like yep. prime years players that are currently contracted with the Raw. He's distanced himself from rumours that he was set for a move to the Middle East, this transfer window, which for me is a huge relief because while he hasn't got his, you know, he hasn't totally won over the fan base yet, I still feel like he's a valuable asset for the Raw. And his quotes uh, from Vince Regari's story on AAP, my focus is purely on here and performing well this season. There's no real reason I could see any change for me in the next six months. I guess there's been a lot of rumours around, but for me, I haven't heard anything, nor is there any substance to those rumours. So That puts that to bed. People can stop speculating he's going to the Middle East. But where's the fun in that? Well, <laughs> I, just, it just, it's, I just don't think that... Um, yeah, I think I'm glad it's you know, put to bed, because I just... When you, when you sort of look at it, you think, yeah, what possibly... What possible motivation could you know, Tommy will have to go play in the Middle East other than money? And you know, if, mm. if that's it, then you know, he needs to declare his hand. But, you know... From from a, just a purely playing point, like it'd be a sideways, if not backward movement. At least, at least you know, come back to the A League. He's playing at home. He's playing, you know, in front of family. You know, obviously, Antipostacogli values. You know, you know, at to a point. You know, if he wants any chance of making back to Socceroos, this is the market. So it just would have made no sense other than for the money. And you just yeah. 
And look, we've seen um, Jamie McLaren's situation highly publicised. Jimmy Trados has just announced his move. Luke Devere's rumoured. It's good to have some clarity around because there's so much off-field speculation around the world. It has to be causing some problem somewhere. And for me, I suppose if you are going to have Tommy all move on, just if I was managing his career, I'd be saying, don't, like, go to Europe, test yourself again yeah. because he had quite a good career at Utrecht, yeah. I thought. And yeah. then Ipswich obviously didn't work out, but... You know, I feel like if he goes back for another crack, maybe in Germany or Spain or something... Or even China is a higher level of football these days than the Middle East. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's exactly... If he's going to go anywhere other than Europe, it's, yeah, you know... It's go yeah, China, you know, Korea, Japan... I just think Middle East, you... Look, you're almost wasting time. No, no, that's, that's no respect for them. We don't see it as much. But by the looks of things, you know, it's... It's not a great place. I honestly just feel like if Orr really wants to push himself, he needs to go back to Europe because I feel like that's where he belongs. And look, I wonder if this was like an idea of a springboard for him. Come back at 12 months ago, 18 months in the A-League and then kick on to somewhere else, whether it be Asia or Europe. I wonder if that was the, the thinking behind his planning. Yeah, well, he signed a two-and-a-half-year deal and he's still quite young as well. Is, so, yeah. you know, there's still potential for him to keep moving. And if he does go, I suppose a big trade-off for that would be you know, you open up a marquee spot for someone else to come in. That would be it, yeah. All right, so we're going to go back up to the under-23 squad. But before we do that, Scott, can you turn the air conditioning on? Because I'm sweating bullets Gladly. here. <laughs> <laughs> Gladly. You guys, are, you guys are sitting underneath the air conditioning, though. Trust me, it's not making any difference. All right, welcome to Queensland in the summer. <laughs> I think it was, what, 35 today? Close to, yeah. yeah. And when you're working outside, it's always a lot of fun. All right, so Kai Rolls has been selected by Josip Gombau in his training camp squad in preparation for the Asian Under-23 Cup qualifiers, which take place in July. The camp is due to take place over three days from January 30th to February 1st and will be held on the Central Coast. Rolls will miss the ACL qualifier against Global FC. Yeah, well, this is a compromise that the FFA have been forced into because the clubs put their foot down and they said, look, we're not going to this Hong Kong tournament. It's not... Because they were blindsided. They were only told about it last month, according to a couple of reports I read on, online. So... And, of course, because it's all A-League-based squads, I mean, I think the Wanderers lose seven players. I mean... What's that going to achieve? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. It's a three-day camp, and this is, makes far more sense to do it this way because what's, what is better, to go away and play in an underage tournament or be playing regular first-team football in your A-League club? Like, take Lachlan Scott, for example. He just broke into the Wanderers' first team. He scored. Is it better for him to go away for two weeks and lose his spot and have to fight for it back or to maintain that first team spot and continue progressing I'd say it's better to stay and keep playing and, he w- and these guys won't actually miss any A-League games as well which is That's a big true. bonus for the Raw it's just unlucky that they have a Champions League game midweek is why because Rolls is a centre back isn't he yeah well I, I don't really think he's going to be playing in that game anyway so that's true like I, I think Rolls' best chance to get A-League or first team game time is probably going to come in that Melbourne City game in a few weeks. Possible. Yeah, look, I think in it's not it's not really an issue for him. I, I think he was at, you know, as much as we hope that you know, maybe there might have been a sort of a younger side, you know, for, for the game against Global. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. So, like I said, I think, you know, he gets to go off to go off to the Sun-23s camp, you know, and, and no sort of harm and no foul, really. Well, luckily for the Raw, because Brandon Brule was mentioned as two or three weeks ago was potentially be involved in this. Marco Monteverde broke the story, I think, saying that he was on the shortlist and he's luckily been left out for the Raw so he will be available for this Champions League game as well which is because he, he could very well play in that game and he was rumoured to be well he is going to be ineligible for the under 23 Asian Cup qualifying in That's July as well I think I think it's a lot lot to do with it. I think it's a, if you go through the the side uh, the, the squad the 26 man squad it's a, it's a very young squad so I think um, I think for once I, I say this for once that it looks like that you know there's a focus on 
you know, a cup, you know, the younger squad that, you know, we're not, we're not looking to next year. We're looking for, you know, I think 2020, I think. Yeah, I think we, that's we what Barella would be ineligible before, by the way, the Olympics in yeah, 2020. I think he would be okay for this tournament. But Fair enough. But still, you'd rather him playing in the A-League. He's just finally got mm. himself back into the first team at the Raw as well. So the same argument could be applied from Lachlan Scott to Brandon Barella. Yep. All right. So we're going to move on to the next story in our uh, news segment. I'm very sorry. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not with it today. You really aren't, are you? <laughs> no, I'm struggling. All right. So late yesterday, the FFA announced the logos for the A-League, W-League and Youth League would all be updated for the 2017-18 season. It's the first time the logo's been uh, updated. And it's also... Each logo comes in team colours for branding purposes, which is a straight out of the MLS playbook. Adam, do you like this redesign? Look, I think any change is different. is is good. Um, it's it's different. The, just the the one thing I sort of you know, it seems to be sort of obviously social media is disengaged. What's going on? You, mm. you can't you can't really you know gauge it completely. But sort of the reaction, is. it seems as though that you now a lot of people seem to be fixated on the fact that the the new logo. The, the, the colour is not, like I said, it's going to be on the chest rather than on the sleeve. And that seems to be occupying a lot of people's time. Is that just opening up the secondary sleeve spot for teams to put their like, own I, I sponsor on there? I, I can't believe social media would nitpick something like that. Yeah, <laughs> no, and that, actually, that, and that's to my point. Like, at the end of the day, you know, so what? No, I, I, but to be honest, just on the whole thing, I just think, you know, it's all nice and well and good about the logos and all that, but... Aren't there more pressing uh, matters in the A-League and Football Australia in general at the moment other than this big launch? Because, well, like I said, we, we're waiting... What launch? It was like a yeah. nondescript well, no, no, announcement yeah. on a Tuesday night. That's what I found bizarre. Yeah, but that's the thing is that is this something that you release in the middle of the season and you know, even even if it's just a you know, almost a covert you know, release on Tuesday night, like we're still waiting for the criteria, the, the expansion criteria. There's obviously issue, refereeing issues is, big, is a big thing, like... Like, um, like I said, I, I, on the surface, I think it's great, but you know, I'm sure there's more important pressing the matters con- at the, the moment. The conspiracy yeah. theorists are out in force on this one, I guess. I mm. do like the logos. I think they look great. Yeah. I, I yeah. also really like the idea of having it in each team colour. Yeah, that's fantastic. I do find it bizarre, though. You announce it on a Tuesday yeah. night, 6.30, no grand announcement. Just here's a press release saying we were having new logos. See, odd. For surely you would have like a that's a big announcement right you would try and get as much media attention as you possibly could why are they updating it in January surely that's, yeah, that's surely that's problem. something that if they're not yeah. going to implement it for this weekend well are they because I saw that the Raw put out the photo I don't think so it was so. like on the lo- the logo was on the new jersey I hope they're not bringing it out this weekend but yeah because all, all, all of those jersey OCD people like me are going to be saying <laughs> great now my jersey's out of date it's like, like yeah, another hundred bucks please yeah <laughs> but I don't know for me the big thing is, why are they updating it in January? Surely that's something they could do in the lead-up to the final series or grand final week where you say, all right, we're going to go well, on... Are you trying to build up buzz for the new season, perhaps, yeah. as well? Yeah, new logo. I suppose if you're doing it now, you can kind of incorporate those logos into your marketing for memberships, which I know come out towards the end of the season. Maybe that's the thinking behind it, playing yeah. devil's advocate. I just think, I think it just feels two or three months too early. Like, this is, this is an April announcement, like, to, in the lead-up to the finals, you know, and whatnot, but... To do it, like I said, the big the big buzz at the moment in football in this country at the moment is expansion, and we're we're, st- we're all still waiting about about what is the criteria for the expansion teams. You're getting stories left, right, and centre now. The South Melbourne story about Drogba and all that. Obviously, look I, whether <laughs> whether that. yeah yeah look whether that's legit or not. That's not for us to say. Um, but that's the sort of stuff that you know, they, there's insatiable appetite for. You know, clarity on the expansion thing. And I thought that would be something that's more important than sort of logos and marketing and all that. But that, but like I said, 
as far as the actual design, yeah, cool. Well, on that expansion, I think it was Mark Rosciano and Joe Skokas who came and said, look, we have to expand. There's not enough spots for these young players to get opportunities. Yeah. So I think expansion is a big point at the moment. Yeah, well, I think it's a good idea. And, you know, the theory behind it, I can totally understand. I just, like with a lot of things, do question the execution of it. Yeah, that's probably the problem. Execution, yeah. maybe not the best. Yeah. All right, so I think that's it for our news. Oh, we've got those two breaking news stories, Scott. You yeah, just so, found them. Um, Sergio Guardiola has been... His loan has been terminated from Adelaide United. He's going back to Spain. Is that because he's been sold? I, I don't know the details. I just know he's left Adelaide. And um, Nick Montgomery has got... We'll get, we'll get citizenship tomorrow. And there's speculation that that will allow the Mariners to sign an Argentinian striker they've had on, lo- on trial for the last few weeks. Patricio mm. Perez? No. There's a name for the past. <laughs> All right, so now that's going to be it for segment three of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. And welcome back to the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review for this week. It's James Scott and Adam with you, and we're going to preview the upcoming week of fixtures for the Raw. This is actually, I think, the first time we've got multiple fixtures mm, to preview for the A-League yeah. side. Oh, I'm actually excited. <laughs> but before we do that, Scott, we've got some social media plugs. Okay, so as always, you can, you can contact us on our social media on um, facebook.com slash review on Twitter at Raw Review, our podcast on Audioboom and iTunes. You can listen to us on Switch 1197 and we also have fan cams and come and talk to James after the games. Yeah, I'll be the uncomfortable. Definitely on, sa- on Saturday, probably Tuesday, depending on finishing time. That's right. I think, uh, yeah, we all have jobs to get to Wednesday morning, so hopefully yep. whatever happens, it's resolved in 90 minutes. Yeah, inside 90 minutes, please, Brisbane Raw. And, uh, oh, I remember that Thailand qualifier a few oh, years ago. Was, uh, don't start. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to Saturday night's game against the Western Sydney Wanderers. It is a 6.50pm kickoff at Suncorp Stadium. It's actually the third meeting between the two sides, and it's been a couple of 1-1 draws. So how fun. I know. I'm, I'm actually hoping this doesn't happen again, but you never know. All right, so the all-time record against Western Sydney is played 18, won 6, drawn 4, lost 8. And at Suncorp, it's won 4, drawn 1, lost 3. So a bit of a mixed bag of results, I suppose. Yeah, well, the Raw, in the first couple of years, they, could, they could, couldn't beat the Wanderers up here. Because the Wanderers got their first win, of course, in, the, in their A-League history up here. And it wasn't until the grand final, actually. That was the Raw's... No, sorry. That season was the first win for the Raw. Against yeah. the 3-1 game. Yeah, I remember that. That was <laughs> uh, interesting. But I suppose... First things first, what chance do you give the Roar of actually... Well, how would you approach this game? That's the thing. I mean, chances depends on how you approach this game. Are you resting players ahead of the Champions League game midweek? Are you playing full strength here? This is the interesting question. I would go full strength in this game because it's the first one. And I think the three games at home you can manage. It's the second week if the China game does happen, knock on wood, it does. Followed by Melbourne City, you might see some rotation. So I would expect relatively full strength here. The real variable is who replaces Corey Brown, of course, because he's suspended. Yes, he actually beat me to that. So, Daniel Bowles came on and played after Brown actually seemed to pick up a bit of a knock on the weekend. So, Adam, would you give Daniel Bowles another run at fullback? Uh, look, I... Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. I think at the end... I, whether 
whether Bowles goes right and Hinkett goes left or whether Bowles is a straight swap, which we saw in the Wellington game where he was actually playing on the left. Um, I think I think it's the way it's going to go, trying to read, you know, what John Alwissi will do. I, I, as much as we'd like to see, you know, a Connor O'Toole come in or maybe Kai Rolls, you know, I, I think what's going to happen, they, one of those two may fill the bench, that, that, that defensive slot. But, um, yeah, I, I think I think it'll be Bowles, Bowles and Hingert will be your two fullbacks. And I think it'll be Bowles on the left. I just think... Hey, defensively, that's fine, because we saw it the weekend, he handled it well. It's just offensively, he's always cutting in onto his right foot, so you know that if he's putting it across, then he's cutting onto the right foot. But I think that's what's going to happen, yeah. But I suppose, for me, like if you're going to have Daniel Bowles, so you've essentially got a built-in back, fo- back three ready to go. So if you do decide to come out and just go all-out attack, try and close the game off early, you've got that ability to tell Hingert, push forward... Get get an attack, and you've still got three solid guys to cover at the back. So, and Daniel Bowles also good on set pieces as well. Yeah, he's actually one of the few tall guys in the squad, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, would you make any additional changes to the side? I suppose the big question would be who starts at striker. I think I think there'll be one additional change to the squad. I think Brett Holman will come back in for young Nick D'Agostino. I don't think that I think that's obvious it's going to happen. Outside of that, it, Thomas Broich. Thomas Broich will also come back in. That's a good question. Who replaces Thomas Because all of a sudden now you've actually got... That's the thing you've got. Is Jacob Pepper's place in jeopardy? Will he just go all out attack on the bench and say, Pepper, you're the defender and midfield utility yeah. and go with Broich and Holman and, and McLaren as the three on the bench or rotating I them think it would be a signal of intent about what, where the Roar are at at the moment. If he goes, Pepper is your defensive cover and then you play basically three three attackers or you know, attacking midfielders. You know, that's a good point you make because yeah. I totally forgot about Thomas Broich. I was so due for one James. after the show that I've had yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, I would actually be really interested to see... Like, I think you kind of have to put McLaren back in. Coming yeah. off a goal, I think he's really ready to show again where his value lies in the A-League or overseas and this is probably a good way to show it because there were those rumours before the last I, game. I actually he's got a great record against the Mariners against Wanderers sorry Adam as well yeah. he's got a great record against the Wanderers and I'm sure he's got a good record against the Mariners yeah. too. I, I I actually think you know, just based on what we're sort of seeing as well I think if you start Jamie McLaren I think you almost are compelled to always start Brandon Barella. I, I almost just watching that game on, on, on Saturday you almost think you know what one needs to Go on the other. If you're gonna, if you're not gonna play one, you got you can't play the other. Almost, it's sort of seen that way because I think Borello is at his best when Jay McLaren is inside him. Yeah, Borello's young enough to be able to play both both <laughs> games, both <laughs> these games on Saturday and on Tuesday. I think he can. He's young enough to be able to play both with someone like Thomas Broich, Brett Holman potentially. You may need to rest them and play them off the bench in one game and then start them in the next one. I can't see Holman starting this week, especially no, when it's coming off. Yeah, such a yeah. long layoff because yeah. it was what November when he it's was seven out. Seven weeks inj- since he's played. Yeah, yeah, so I think it was the Sydney FC game. He went off injured, and he went off injured. I yeah, no, no, he did. He got substituted. I know it's mad cow, but <laughs> but yeah, I think you can't see. I could see him getting you know thirty minutes at the end of this game and then starting the qualifier on Tuesday night, but maybe not playing a full game there. Yeah. So that's just the way that I'd. Probably the other look thing is at Sydney it. FC is arguably the toughest game of the week on. We'll probably review that next week. But that's, we will, because we've so got a certain the, that's, amount of time. That's the, um, the tougher game of the three, so you might be looking ahead to to that as well. That's a really interesting question to see how he manages this. Mm, but I would go full strength to answer your question. Yeah. And it's a great game. And it's also, I suppose, a great way to you know, really test where Aloisi is as a manager. Like We saw his deficiencies at Melbourne Heart. I feel like we're seeing some of these come to the fore again, like his lack of faith in the youth team. I think that's the big Whether question. it's justified or unjustified, we don't know. We yeah. don't go to training every day, but it is something that we kind of have to look at and say, 
what's going on here? He's going to have to trust him at some point in these games because at some point you're going to need to bring at least a couple of them into the squad and give them some minutes. Well, there, even if it's just seeing out a game for 15, 20 minutes. There is no way that you can expect 16 players, especially when you've got a number of over 30 and well over 30, to cover five games in 16 days, whatever we've got. You just can't do it. So he has to, at some point, play um, play the youth at some point. And I'm just actually looking up a stat right now. Someone sent it in to us. I apologise for forgetting the name. Yep, so it's from Gil Albertson, and it's about Thank the you, uh, percentage of minutes played by players per age group. I'm just trying to find it on my phone right now. Yep, we'll see who's got the best signal here. Oh, I've got it. Okay, so players under the age of 20, they haven't played a single, a single minute this season. 20 to 24, they play 27% of the time. Players aged 25 to 29, so that's players typically in their prime, it's 26%. 30 to 34 is 33%, and over 34 is 14%. So that's your Thomas Broich, basically. Yeah. And Michael Theo as well. Yeah, so I, I feel like eventually we are going to have to see a bit more variety in this squad. And I think, look, it's phenomenal. There's only 18 or 19 players used this year, and Compared the 19th to... is Katabian, who's played about five minutes off the bench. So it's yeah. really 18 players this year so far. Which, you know, depending on how you want to look at it, that's either a really good thing or not great, because either you've got, you know, a, a stable setup side where, aside from one or two injuries, you haven't really had to change much, or if you really want to go the negative route, there's just nobody else to come in. No, I, th- I think it's more a case of short, short-term gain for long-term fail, because look, at the end of the day, you know, right now you'd say, look, having a stable squad, that's a great thing. But w- especially in this age of free agency, of transfers, of all this sort of you know, stuff that goes around, what are we looking at at 2017-18 or 2018-19? What's going to happen to the squad? We can't, you can't keep the squad first. So look, it may be a case of short-term gain, the window may be closing, but the sacrifice that may be a couple of very, very lean years because simply we're just not bringing players in, the youth players through, and you can't rely on free agency to, to you know, fill in the gaps. To your point, James, it's good if you can keep them on the park every single game. If you can get through, because Leicester City did that basically last year. Hmm. I think everyone almost can repeat their starting 11 from last year pretty much because they've played basically yeah. every game and they got through it that way, but this year they've had more games and they've been had to struggle pretty clearly. Yeah. So, I mean... I do think for this stretch of time, it could actually come back and hurt the Raw because I haven't given minutes to some of these guys. But if you've only got one game a week, it's fine. So, yeah. All right, so if you had to pick one young player to start on Saturday night, not saying they will, but just if you were the boss, who would you start, Scott? For this game, I'd play Conor O'Toole at left back and I would basically prepare Daniel Bowles so you will play against Global on Tuesday and you will play against Sydney FC the following weekend as well. And you, that's in, the way I would do that. In place of Jade North? Uh, whoever you wanted, possibly Jaden, or maybe Luke Devere as well, because he's got tremendous injury problems as well. You don't want to overload him either. Adam? Oh, actually, I agree. I agree with Scott. I think that's probably the most logical one, but you know, for the sake of a, opinion of difference, I actually think, you know, look, Nick Agostino needs to be featured somewhere as well. I think. From you the know, start? I, Why not just yeah, throw him look, out there? Yeah, look, you know what? If you didn't have all this hullabaloo about Jay McLaren and, you know, and, you, know you saw this whole conspiracy theory about whether this thing I'd say yes this would be the opportunity but I think you know with all the pressure and the media pressure on that and you know the fans in general McLaren has to start so I'd say on the bench but you've got to believe that you know none of the guys that we mentioned in the last segment will feature you know at least at least against Global on, on Tuesday night because they do have an extended bench now Tuesday mm. night yes. the Roy are playing Global FC they're a Filipino team after the uh, after they defeated Tampine Rovers 2-0 in Manila last night. We yep. were all, I think, trying to find different ways to uh, 
keep track of the game. And I gave up. Did you not finding a stream out? No, 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 no. I, I was actually I was actually following off the Bet Three Six Five Matchcast all night. So okay. and that between that and the Tampine Rovers Twitter feed. So yeah, but apparently there was actually no live coverage. Like even in Singapore, they couldn't get. Uh, Whoa, there was live. So it was a very very almost a who cares sort of game. I was actually you know counting on Andy Jackson from Four Four Two. He used to run the Australian one. Now I think he's over in Singapore, yeah, and yep. even he yeah. wasn't really getting a whole lot of information about it, which. I honestly think the AFC really dropped the ball with that because surely, you know, they can just put somebody on That's to That's the do... whole point of it, yeah. right? They've brought these like smaller Minnow Nation yeah. teams in and, and you've got to give them some exposure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what, what the television rights were in, in the Philippines. I didn't get a chance to speak to people over there but um <laughs> but yeah like that's the thing is but they have like a major market singapore with, with their with one of their team not have live coverage um yeah it's uh, it's a bizarre one here's a question do we know if it's on tv in australia next week the I raw know. game against um i've heard rumors it's not on the, the tv guide well you guys keep so talking for a second i'll actually look that yeah, one you look, up you look it up we'll talk because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I was following the yeah. Twitter feeds. All right, so we'll talk. Well, well, James, looking that up, we'll talk about how the Raw might play against how the Raw might play against Global. Because I know you think it's you think it's going to be the experienced players, but you think the young players should be playing in this. Look, game. I, to be honest, if if we're being look, I hope Global go well. Like, so I'm I'm half Filipino, so you know I have sort of you know a you know a bit of a soft spot for Global. But look, if we're being objective, fair income. Our youth team should beat this team. If we're if we're comfortable with where the A League sits in Asia as far as our strength compared to you know Philippines, who's, who's really only just starting to pick up, you know, we should be our, our youth players should be you know beating this team. But obviously, we're going to play experienced players. Yeah. Um, look, if, if it's if we get three or four you know our youth players onto the park for that game for the experience um, with the extended yeah. benches as well, it's more than likely. I think that's, that's going to be the case as well yeah, because but, Corey Brown's going to be suspended for the A-League game so he'll be fully fresh. Yeah, you'd be thinking... You'll bring a guy like Daniel Bowles and you might see a Jacob Pepper start as well. Maybe mm. you'll swap the goalkeepers. Yeah, you'd Katavian be, gets a run off the bench. Something like that. that's what yeah, I think Jamie it's going to be. Yeah, Jamie Young at some point will also you know, get a run. You know, just to, yeah. and maybe, maybe even, you know, even throw on a, a Tom Billich on the bench or something like I that. I think it'll be like a, could, a half squad against... Yeah. Um, Global FC. Half the starters and then some of the backups. The guys have been on the bench. Yeah. I think that should, that should be more than enough. And I say should. I know a lot of people seem to bring up the Buriram experience, but you've just got to remember, going to Thailand, um, in, in Thailand, is always was going to be a hell of an experience. So I think Global coming here, uh, look, it'd be a holiday for them. So You mentioned the Buriram experience. I'll give you the Raw's record at home in Asia. Played, yeah, it's not great. Played mm. six, two draws, four losses. So You'd hope, you'd hope that this, this is win number one. This has got to be the win, yeah. I'm trying to remember. So there was a nil-nil draw against Beijing Guan in the first Champions they League. they lost against um, FC Tokyo, the first game, and... 2-0. Ulsan? Yep. Ulsan? Yeah, 2-1. Yep. Yep. I think there was a late penalty involved with that there one. Was oh, penalty, yeah. geez, that referee. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, okay, so Adam set for the next yeah. hour. Do you want to just... <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> no, and then, so the 2015 one, the Beijing Guan game, one 0 loss in stoppage time. Then oh, the, right, the yeah. Suwon game was a three all draw, and then Devante Clute with his one good game yeah. for the Raw. Mm. And then you had the um, FC to- the Urawa Reds game, which the Raw had to win and hope, and they lost. So uh, I I got a bit of a story to tell from the Beijing Guan game down on the Gold Coast, where they were lining up the free kick, and I think it was like the 93rd minute or something. Did Turned you say to- this is going in? I yeah, I, yeah. I, t- I turned to my friends and went. Oh, God, that's actually a pretty good position for him to take a shot and score, won't he? It was just t- so predictable. The Raw had, against <laughs> yeah. 10 players for an hour, they couldn't open them up and get a chance, and then Mason got an elder and stop his time in school. Now, yeah, good so news. 
the game is being broadcast oh, on good. Fox Sports Australia, so it is a 7pm kickoff instead of the regular 8 o'clock for the Champions League. Good. So if you are planning on go, make sure you're there for 7 o'clock, not 8. Because, yeah. uh, uh, well, I can imagine there would have been a few people who are regulars knowing, okay, 8 o'clock usual for Continental Games, and yeah. then they'd show up for the second half, which hopefully... Well, hopefully, actually, that's not going to be all that interesting, and the rule will put the game away. Fingers crossed. All right, so we're going to keep moving and go around the A-League very quickly. Thursday, it's Melbourne. Victory against Sydney FC in the Big Blue. Newcastle versus Melbourne City Friday night. Early game Saturday is Central Coast against Perth before the Royal play the Wanderers. Sunday, Adelaide against Wellington. And now we're going to go on to predictions. Before we do that, I've just got to say, how lucky is it that the Roar have got three of these games at home? Yeah. It's, but, oh, it's perfect, really, in that sense. You couldn't get anything better. Yeah. And also, two big home games as well. That The energy will be... The Sydney... Yeah, the energy will be high from the stands and also the players get yeah. themselves I up as well for those sort of games as well. So we that's will talk more lucky. about Sydney next week because yeah. I know you're going to have a lot to say about their choice of kit. Oh, great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, so let's go with the predictions. First of all, from around the A-League. Adam, we're going to start with you because I have a feeling I know you're going to go for the big blue one. I am. I, I, look, I think it's the biggest game on the calendar. Uh, to, and, this, and for this particular fixture, it is. Like I so said, this is... Literally, you know, premiership defining. You know, Sydney FC win. I think it's all over. I, look, it's and like I said, and you know, and a decent shot at maybe that invincible tags as well. well. I'm going to copy Adam with the same game, but I'm thinking this is going to be the end of their invincible streak. I think it's going to be a Melbourne victory win, and people will stop talking about this invincible stuff. But yeah. really, that's the biggest game to watch this weekend. I mean, the other three games are no disrespect. It's teams who are fighting for a spot in the top four or the finals place against teams right down the bottom. So I'm there's not really a lot of um, outside of the big blue to watch. Adam, here. I was just going to say, you know, just the one thing about this big blue. You know, do you regard would you regard this as a bigger game than say the Melbourne derby? No, 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 it doesn't okay. mean uh, anywhere as much. I guess yeah. you're referencing the comments that came out today, where this is now being treated by some of those players as just another regular season fixture. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's it's an interesting one because you know you look at someone like you know like in Spain, for example. You know, the Catalan derby or the Madrid derby is not as big as the El Clasico. I'm just thinking, I wonder if this is the same mentality, but yeah, some of the players out there are trying to underplay and saying, oh, it's just another game. It's yeah, also it's first versus second, though. It's, mm. like whether it's, well, the two teams are yeah. good, maybe. It is a yeah. case of it's like the old Classico, but if they're seventh and eighth on the table, it's not going to be anywhere near as important as <laughs> Where most football fans yeah. want them to be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a bit high, actually, for Melbourne Victory. They're a bit further down the table. Mm. All right, so my prediction is actually going to come from Saturday. Perth have a rare trip away from home, and I think the Mariners are going to take full advantage of it. And <laughs> win the game. did last time. Yeah, exactly. So my pick is the Mariners are going to win. They're going to be able to score goals even with Roy O'Donovan out. I just remembered Roy O'Donovan was out. So. <laughs> You're still confident with that prediction, then? Sure. Okay. All right, and I'm actually also confident that the Roy are going to beat the Wanderers 2-0 on Saturday night. Scott? I'll what? say 2-1. To the raw. Yeah, I'll just let him type it into the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've actually got a spreadsheet of all of our tips now. So if you're trusting, me, if you're trusting anyone, go for Scott because he's nailed four games dead on and he's gotten two more correct. Great, so that's, that prediction's completely out the window then. Thanks <laughs> for that. Send a trophy to Gravers for you, man. <laughs> Adam? Um, I'm going to go two-all draw. I'll take that. A few goals. Yeah, hopefully. So, so we're all expecting the Raw to score two goals. Just wondering, who, who do you think they're going to come from? Do you reckon it's going to be all McLaren or maybe someone from a little bit further back? I'll go with the McLaren and Brollo combination. Yeah. They scored the Mariners game they both scored last year. I'm just thinking back to games they both scored last year. I think it's going to be another game where those two guys show what they can do. Yeah, I actually, I actually agree. I was going to say the same thing. It'd be McLaren, McLaren with a sister Borello and then vice versa for the second goal. I'm going to go Oren Christensen just for something different. Ooh. 
All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review, guys. Do you want to do tips for the ACL game? Oh, yeah. That's right. It's just a force of habit. Now, <laughs> I'm running on autopilot right now. You so, are. So, okay, ACL tips. I'll say 4 0 to Leroy. I think they'll score Ooh. a couple goals early and they'll just put the game away. Adam? Are, are you that confident? I mean, I'm a shot in my home. So, 6 0 raw. <laughs> okay, well, I thought I was being optimistic saying it'll be 2 0. So, oh, I was going nuts at 4 0. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now that will be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Scott, Adam, thanks for your time tonight. See you, James. James. See you at the weekend. All right, I feel like some dinner, so we're going to get out of here. Everyone enjoy the football this weekend, and we will see you Saturday for the fan cams, Tuesday for the fan cams, and Wednesday for the next show. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.